Nurse.com is proud to be a sponsor of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. As the premier destination for nursing knowledge and resources, Nurse.com supports your passion for healthcare with an unrivaled collection of tools, articles, and courses tailored for the nursing community. Get your daily dose of things you need to know for your nursing journey. Discover the world of nursing like never before with Nurse.com. Empower your practice, advance your career, and enrich your knowledge. Nurse.com. It's your nurse life all in one place. You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice, presented by Nurse.org, where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. In today's episode, we're going to tackle the topic of racism in healthcare, starting with nurses, which is the largest segment of the healthcare workforce, and also identify some tools from the American Nurses Association, California, who has a task force that is working diligently on helping us to better identify racism and help us identify steps and things that we can do to help remedy the problem. So here joining me to talk about this very important topic are Tasha Haley. She is a clinical nurse manager at the City of Hope and has been an RN for 17 years. She's been working in healthcare collectively for over 20. A majority of her career has been in oncology, both pediatric and adult populations. Also joining the conversation, we have Dr. Charlotte A. Gallup-Moore. She is an adult nurse practitioner presently delivering primary care to adult and geriatric patient populations, along with chronic pain management for the Santa Barbara County healthcare community. Um, And last but not least, we have Kim Brown Sims. She is a board certified nurse executive and the fellow of the American College of Healthcare Executives. And I can say this is a very charged topic sometimes for people. It can sometimes be uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but it's a necessary conversation. And so I'm so glad we have experts like yourself who can help start the conversation and start bridging the gaps to helping people understand first how to identify it and then the things that we can do. The first question I'd like to put out there is ANA California has put together a task force to talk about racism in nursing and healthcare. Can one of you ladies talk about how that came to be and what prompted that task force? Absolutely. So um, it was pretty amazing when all of the social uh, unrest and civic unrest that was occurring in the United States started happening, became more prevalent in the media. There were several individuals who came together and the director of communications actually for ANA California, who is on the pulse of who is very active within ANA California said, we need to come together. And so uh, we identified a group of individuals and we're inviting these individuals to come together and we just started having dialogue and said, we've got to do something. And from that came this amazing work because we know we can talk until the cows come home, but unless we have actionable items, we're not going to make change. And our goal was to make change. Dr. Moore, what was your thought process when you were invited to participate on this task force? So I received an email from Jared and from the director. They informed me about this task force they wanted to put together. And I absolutely immediately jumped on board. This is exactly what is needed. We've needed this actually decades ago. And I just feel extremely honored. And thank you also for allowing us to be here with uh, nurse.org and have this platform to disseminate what our task force is uh, putting together. And so it's it's an opportunity for us to start creating sustainable actions 
addressing the impact mm -hmm. of racism in nursing, but how we could just be uh, more mindful to safely deliver care for the population at large. And so um, I immediately wanted to jump in and, and ever since it's been just a great team working together. Tasha, you are a clinical nurse manager. So you have several nurses, CNAs, clerks, people that are working for you. Has this topic of racism, have, has it bubbled up on your unit where you thought, you know what, I'm hearing this from, you know, my staff, you know, this, I really want to participate on this task force. Definitely. Um, right away, um, we had multiple issues, um, people feeling very um, emotional and upset about the things that were going on um, in our country. And we wanted to make sure that they knew they could come and have an open dialogue with management and other um, leaders here at City of Hope. And then when this task force came about, I was excited that we would be able to uh, provide tools and resources to other management. Because having these difficult conversations, being a resource for your employees when they're going through difficult times is not always easy. And people don't know what to do. Even when they want to help or be available, they themselves don't know how to you know, reach out to their employees or to be that shoulder to cry on or to lean on. And so being able to provide those tools is going to be very nice. And we really worked hard to put those tools into our toolkit. With the creation of this task force, I'm pretty sure it was kind of a meeting of the minds. And I'm pretty sure you got input from so many different nurses, healthcare workers. Where did you guys start? Because racism, social injustice, like this is, it feels like it's out here, like such a, a Cha big mm -hmm. challenge. I mean, even outside of healthcare, it's permeated our education. We turn on the television, we're seeing, you know, examples of social injustice and racism play out on the news. I mean, uh, and it can be very disheartening. So can you tell me, where did you guys decide to start? So we identify there's this big problem. Where do you start to tackle? We decided to obviously come up with a mission statement, one that wouldn't be too broad, but very intentional on what is our point. And then secondly, come up with the four corners of what are we trying to address here? And so we develop the three barriers that we want to identify within our toolkit. And so once we got the skeleton framework of our mission statement and the idea of the three pivotal barriers that we are always seeing and facing in nursing, we just started to work from there and always circle back to the mission statement and always circle back to the uh, three barriers so that we didn't get too far in the weeds. Because as you said, racism impacts us every day in various outlets, both nonprofit and profit. And so we just wanted to make sure it was specifically identifiable for the individual nurse, but also in the nursing healthcare institution on a larger level. So that's how, pretty much how we started out. What are the top three that you as a task force decided to focus on? Well, the barriers that we wanted to address, because of course, once you identify what the barriers are, it becomes much easier to say, now, what are we going to do to remove those barriers? Because essentially that's the goal we wanted to achieve. Mm -hmm. So the three barriers included staff, nurse and management feeling like they need to advocate against racism in healthcare, but lack the communication skills to create constructive and sustainable conversations. So that was the first barrier. The second barrier was 
reporting systems and the lack of accountability and follow-up. So nurses who, for instance, nurses who filed complaints and they then they never got a follow-up or were asked additional questions regarding the complaint, um, we wanted to be sure that they were made aware of the alternate channels to continue the complaint process if initially their um, complaint wasn't addressed. And then the third barrier was the lack of awareness and unified standards or action among key decision makers. So what we mean here is we want to include staff and leadership, hospitals and health systems, and the public and elected official, because so many initiatives currently are in their infancy across California, but uh, we, we felt if, unless we establish system-wide standards, we wouldn't be able to get that sustainable change that we're really looking for. And thank you for sharing that. I have to say, when you mentioned those sustainable conversations, accountability, and then, you know, it sounds like partnering with host- not only hospital leadership and not just from, this is not just a top down type of thing, you know, mm-hmm. everyone equally can come to the table and have a conversation, but also to community leaders, other leaders of other sectors, because this is not a solo job. We can't just expect to do something in healthcare or just with nursing unless we work with our partners. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. You all were a team of masterminds to kind of get this ball rolling, but it sounds like there's a tool that's being created. There are going to be examples of things, actionable items, things that people can actually do to start these conversations, to get system and processes in place. When you were coming up with these suggestions of how to roll these out, how much of the bedside nurse or the end user, the nursing assistant or that the nurse that clocks in and clocks out, the person who may be experiencing the results of racism, how did how are we able to tap into hear their voices to see that, hey, I, I think that these are really sustainable solutions. I think these are things that will really help. Was there a conversation that occurred or was how was data collected to make sure that what you identified as a task force seemed realistic and sustainable to some of its end users? We first, of course, we were very lucky. We got to do a lot of research and look into what's already been created and what's already been validated and using those tools. But then also as we start looking into the tools that were available, we took those back to our organizations, to our peers, to our employees, and you know, asked them, Would this is this something that would be helpful to you? Is this something that you could use in your day-to-day? As we are developing this toolkit, and right now we're going through a piloting review of the toolkit, um, we are meeting with the bedside, chair-side nurse in different aspects, education, at, um, in the hospital setting, acute, chronic, and trying to get feedback so that we can make the toolkit better. I'll share a, just a per- little personal piece of me. I'm half Black, I'm half Filipino. So my father was, when I, I think I was maybe 10 years old, my father was a victim of a hate crime. He was shot because of the color of his skin. My mother, and we've been seeing a lot of Asian hate crimes, is Filipino. So I remember as a little girl hearing people tell my mother, you know, go back to your country and things like that. So these are very hurtful, real experiences of mine. And then so now being in the healthcare workforce, I know that this type of racism, this type of behavior can significantly impact not only the patients that we treat, but we as healthcare professionals experience it. And then I think there are some folks out there who are really compassionate about it, like myself, because I've had that personal experience, I go out of my way to make sure that I've tried to make people comfortable, that I've not, that I've assessed, and maybe over too much, but I don't know if I can really too much, but, you know, really go out of my way. Then you have some of our colleagues who don't see what it is that I see, and that there's implicit bias, and 
you know, so have we worked in something in this project or on this task force that helps to deal with the people who feel like racism isn't as big of an issue as what it really is? Well, as the white person on the panel, you know, so I totally resonate with what you're saying, Nurse Alice. And, you know, first of all, I'll say I also have Filipino and black members in my family. And so being an ally and being able to use my voice to help advocate for their safety and to be sure that they are not experiencing disparity in the way we deliver health care or the care that they are receiving is incredibly important. In relation to the toolkit, we start by doing a self-assessment. We start by listing out the tenets of racism, the definitions. We have a long list of terminology, and we ask people to self-grade. Do you know what these terms mean? Do you understand what implicit bias is? Here are examples of microaggressions. Can you pick the ones that are truly microaggressions out? so that they gain a score and that puts them in a category for what actionable steps they can take in order to advance you know their own knowledge in, you know in on the subject of racism in addition to the toolkit kind of asking you to do your own self awareness check the toolkit can be utilized for any type of professional background in nursing. So whether you are in a hospital setting or an outpatient clinic setting or a nursing home or in the jail setting or a um, nurse practitioner entrepreneur, it can be utilized by all, whether you are speaking as an individual or if you are serving on some type of leadership board level, we have questions that is designated for the organization level. And one of the barriers that we identified was the lack of awareness and the unified standards um, or actions among key decision makers. And so my example of that is we are not looking at the way peer-reviewed journals are putting out information, mm -hmm. some of the textbooks that we are utilizing in various nursing programs, how it has a um, sense of taking genetics and, and although genetics are different among different you know people from the same racial group, you can't just say race alone is enough to predict the genetic influence. And so we really need to speak to that and, and, and actually ask our peer review journals to create a more of an advanced standard guideline before putting out pieces of publication because you're creating this conflation of false neutralized racial hierarchy by saying people with darker skin have thicker skin and therefore they have a higher pain tolerance. That is not evidence-based. And so we need to start adding in these levels of advanced standards. And what I like about the toolkit, you could be the chief editor of a peer-reviewed journal, or you can be a board member, or you can be the nurse manager on the floor. The toolkit is very diverse on how it can be utilized and at the end result, we want to work on dismantling the perpetuation of racism in our various policies and practices within nursing. Sounds like there's a questionnaire that I would fill out for myself. So I would fill out the questionnaire, answering the questions, addressing the examples in there and things like that. I come up with a score and mm -hmm. it sounds like with that score, then there might be actionable items of things that would be next. 
is this a tool that, because I'm just honest, I haven't seen the tool yet, but it sounds like a wonderful tool and I'm ready for it because, <laughs> you know, some of what, I'll just be quite candid, some of what I see now with this cultural diversity training that's done online, it's supposed to be a four-hour module. People click through it right away. They're done with it in 30 minutes. And there's like, you get a certificate saying like, I've completed diversity training. I, you know, I must not be racist. I, I'm fully aware. I'm well, you know, all these things that I'm thinking, that's not how this is supposed to go. So with mm -hmm. this tool, after I've done that assessment, I have this score. What's next? How do we know that the recommended action items or what's next on the in the algorithm actually happens? And how we know it actually made an impact? The after you do the assessment, it breaks it into three different categories, kind of classifies you into one of these categories and provides you with more in detail. Uh, more assessments, more um, things that you need to focus on. One of the things I really think is important in our toolkit is helping people learn how to create a conversation, kind of like an elevator conversation. When you experience a, a, ra a racist comment maybe directed to you or you overhear a racist comment, and sometimes people don't even think about that. Having that preparation can kind of take away some of the heated heat of that moment. And so the toolkit kind of gets you going and thinking about that, how to create that conversation mm -hmm. um, at the different levels, because we have it broken into leadership and for the bedside chair side nurse. Mm -hmm. And so after you have that assessment, then you can start to develop your tools mm -hmm. that you can be successful when you're dealing in those um, difficult situations. So when will this be available to, uh, to apply? Because I know it sounds obviously with any tool, you, you create it and then you do pilots. It seems like that, you know, validate your findings and things like that. But provided everything goes as scheduled, when will this tool be available for wide usage? Because it's like we needed this tool yesterday with everything that's going on. Unfortunately, you flip on the news, you're seeing so many things happen. But I understand we we, we got to start with the person in the mirror. And we're, you know, as healthcare professionals, as nurses, we're starting with nurses, obviously. Right. But I would like to know when will this be available to the masses of nurses? And do we foresee us sharing this with our physician colleagues, our respiratory therapist colleagues and organizations? So what's the what's the plan for wide dissemination? Honestly, the toolkit, even though it was focused on nursing, it really could be used widely. Right. It doesn't say specifically you are a nurse, so you can, you're the only one who can take this. It's designed currently for staff and leadership and actually some of the feedback we're getting in the pilot. We understand it needs to be uh, an additional assessment, staff leadership and executive leadership representing the organization as well so that you can see the disparity in, in perspective. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that, that piece is probably going to be added. And we're looking at launching it. Our goal is to launch it during Nurses Week because mm -hmm. the original goal was to, you know, have it available for nurses. But I have to tell you, we are already in conversation with the Joint Commission because you have to make sustainable change. And the only way you're going to make sustainable change is if it becomes a requirement for healthcare organizations to prove that they are taking these steps and incorporating into their policies and everyday practices. So we're talking with the Joint Commission. I was just this morning, the American College of Healthcare Executives having their annual conference, a four-day conference. I was in a diversity, Asian healthcare leaders diversity panel um, breakout room. And I was saying, hey, we've got this American Nurse Association, California has got this toolkit that we're developing. And C. Armistead from the American College of Healthcare 
executive who leads their diversity efforts was like, okay, we need to have some conversation because that's healthcare executives. And, you know, that's a great place to start. Let me tell you, you know, as well. I mean, so as widely as we can distribute this, disperse this, there's so much interest in this work already because to your point, people want a tool. They want to make a difference. They want to start taking actionable steps. We need to move beyond the talk to the yeah. what actions are we going to take. And it's still in this pilot stage. So right now we're we're in the process of collecting the data. What is the feedback that we're getting from people who signed up in the pilot? I was very fortunate to distribute it to some of my colleagues and some of them have already emailed me and said, I got accepted to be in the pilot. And so I am extremely excited to see what the data is going to look like. And when we take that data, we're going to analyze it. And I'm sure we're going to make some tweaks to it. But what Kim was just saying, also at the executive level, but even serving an executive level now, you can still utilize um, the toolkit if you were able to get into the pilots. And this is something that is going to continue. Resting racism in nursing, it's not about having a conversation only. It's not about putting out a statement of solidarity only. It is a constant in-service training that needs to be continued. The human body is dynamic. Mm -hmm. Nursing and medicine needs to be just as dynamic. And so we cannot be stagnant and say, oh, we had this talk on nurse.org. Everyone is woke now. No, we and we are purposeful <laughs> realizing that, which is why I am so proud to be a part of this team, because mm -hmm. we are making intentional actions to address nursing and uh, racism in nursing. So look out for more uh, information about this. Stay we keep, you can see we're very excited about it. I'm glad to hear this because so many times someone does something and it's like, what happened to that thing that we did a couple months ago? It's like gone. So this is something that infinite and continuous, you know, because it is a very important part of healthcare. It's an important part of just our daily life. And I'm hoping that a lot of the lessons learned within nursing and healthcare, for those who may have who learned more in the program, that they actually apply that to other aspects of their personal life, their family life. And hopefully, you know, with generations to come, we can weave this into everyday life. But after I have my score and there are some actual items, can you give us an example of some of the things that might result from a particular score. Let's say, let's say I didn't score too well and I'm someone who wasn't able to identify that I had implicit bias or maybe I wasn't identify microaggression. What would be some of the things that would be next in my plan of action to be, you know, better at addressing racism? So some of the things that you do then, if you score low, it causes you, cause it triggers you to go back and look at those definitions. For instance, if you aren't aware of what those definitions mean, to go back and look at those definitions. And you want to continuously be doing the self-assessment. So as you're gaining more ground, then you are able to progress to the next level. But the original first category in the assessment is really about, or action plan, is about creating that awareness going to someone within your department if you're at work and and saying i need an accountability partner so that you're checking me on my use of those terms and i'm checking you and it doesn't necessarily have to be a leader we would love for it to be a leader so that the energy the synergy starts to get created although again the leaders go through their own assessment and there are steps they take as well 
But then it's asking for time, for instance, on the staff meeting agenda to say, we would like to engage in this dialogue as the first step to right. make the conversation okay. You know, um, and then it's as you progress through, then it's having a consistent time on the agenda to talk about a component of racism in healthcare. Maybe it's one of the terms, defining the term, giving examples, having open dialogue. Again, you you get progressively more involved. It's look at your policies. Do your policies use the terms that were listed? And if not, can you bring those to your leader's awareness? And then in the secondary category, it's intentionally bring a policy to a small group or create a task force and bring a policy to that group so that you're reviewing it and making recommendations for change. And as a leader, it's take a look at your policies and do they have these terms? Do they have these terms? Are they addressing the issues? Are you tweaking your policies? You know, and again, it gets progressively more involved. Create your, your organizational task force. Make sure you're scheduling regular meetings. So it's awareness and open dialogue. It's intentionally looking at your practices, your policies, and your routine, Create starting to create the standards, and then implementing a full-blown process for review of policies, procedures, and also a huge look at HR and your hiring practices, and starting to look at transparency of data. How often is the data put out in front of people so that they have an awareness of what those disparities look like. What? How many executives are people of color? What are the pay differences? You know, you can do blinded data, you know, obviously, mm -hmm. or summarize the data to put out so that people have an awareness of what's going on around them. And also making sure that data, when you're looking through that data, do you represent your community that you serve? Right. It, That's right. Are you hiring diversely? Because sometimes people, we're very diverse. We have plenty of minorities in these positions, but is it the right set of people that are reflective in your community so that your community feels safe when they're getting care? Do they feel like they're being seen and being heard? And so mm -hmm. making sure that we provide the tools so you can recognize that and, and not just, oh, well, look at our data in the big picture. It looks like we're just fine. But when you break it down, you realize, oh, we don't look like the community at all. We need to really focus um, on this group, but we need to really focus our initiatives and our hiring practices. And then, so, because sometimes HR kind of covers it with that big picture, oh, look, we're very diverse, you know, we're a very diverse organization, but it doesn't reflect the community. Also mindful, um, just to add to that, what if you are reflective of your community? So if your community is 90% Caucasian and 10% Black, Indigenous, people of color, the organization may say, well, 90% of our staff are Caucasian and the other 10% is diverse. But what does that mean? Do you have um, people who are black, people who are indigenous? So regardless whether or not you are reflective of your community, you need to have a diverse population of, of, of professionals. And we were intentional in our mission statement to not use these general watered down terms like, just nurses of color, but we intentionally added black, indigenous, and nurses of color because mm -hmm. saying nurses of color doesn't necessarily have to include everyone. Now, is this something that's going to make its way to nursing school? Because I feel like although we are going to be tackling our current healthcare professionals, let's get them early in the in their nurse mm -hmm. healthcare journey. So, is there plans to and maybe they're part of the pilot? I don't know. 
but you know, partnerships with schools of nursing, schools of medicine, is that part of the work that you ladies are doing? Or, and there's probably gentlemen on your pan, your task force too. There but. are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have been as well. Are. I yeah. want to say absolutely, it's sky's the limit. Sky's the limit because we, to, to what Kim mentioned, we need to start looking at how these programs are getting accredited. What are the guidelines for gaining mm-hmm. accreditation? Are those guidelines speaking to ways that the program reinforce the emission rate of various people, <clears throat> black, indigenous, nurses of color, are, is, are our faculty representative of the population? Or do we have sort of kind of anti-Black policies that limit a diverse enrollment of students? But we also have a section, depending on your score, to help you be able to recognize microexpressions. And then not only if you recognize them, how do you deal with them? Because sometimes, you know, people will say things that they don't even realize Mm -hmm. um, it's a microaggression. And so to make people aware that maybe it's not appropriate the as soon as you meet someone to say, what are you? Where do you, you know, where are you from? And asking those kind of questions and making sure people realize that that can be a, a microaggression behavior and that we need to address it. And then also being able to report that. And how does your organization, how do they handle that? And we really want to focus, you know, we have parts of the toolkit where leaders can focus on how can their organization be better at creating a culture where it's okay to report those issues. And maybe there needs to be an informal anonymous hotline or different things that you can use so that you can actually get the real data. Because what all the evidence shows us now is that maybe only 30% of people are reporting when they're harassed, either racism or sexual harassment. I think some people are concerned or worried about the backlash they might receive Mm -hmm. from reporting something. So just as we have those compliance hotlines report Mm -hmm. unsafe and things like that. I think this would be a very good thing to add to that, you know, that compliance, a way, a mechanism in which people can feel safe with reporting things that they may be experiencing or that they've witnessed, because sometimes it can, it could be you, or it could be something you observed and maybe your coworker is afraid to say something, but it's still not right. It still needs to be reported. We know that this is a very important, we we keep calling it this tool, when will it be something that I can actually look at and do? Because I, you know, I want to do my own assessment. I want to know where I fall on this algorithm. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we might think we're more woke than what we are. Or some mm-hmm. people are just like, you know what? I don't have an issue. There's nothing. But yet everyone around them says, no, man. <laughs> those things out your mouth aren't super, you know, aren't, aren't right. So because I think that's also safe. I want to do it myself and I want to see what my score is. I can imagine some people might be worried that all, if I do this and I'm honest, if I score a certain level, are my colleagues going to find out? Am I going to get in trouble? I think that might be the flip side of the coin for people who want to use this tool. So that was a loaded question. So for one, when <laughs> I just realized that when will I get to be able to actually use it and do my self-assessment? And then what happens to people who take this and they don't score that well? Is this something that gets reported to their manager? How can we make people feel safe? using the tool. So again, it's going to be released during Nurses Week, which is the first week of May. The beauty of this toolkit is it's being sponsored by the American Nurses Association California. It's not being sponsored by your organization. So you as an individual go and download it. Your organization doesn't force you to download it. 
So you have the opportunity to, you know, take the steps to assess where you are. And then it gives you actionable items that you can do at work. But again, you're engaging with your peers. You're engaging with your leadership. You're saying these things are important to me. I did this assessment. I found that, you know, we have some opportunity. So there is no retribution there. Nobody can come back at you and say you scored low. So therefore, we're going to target you. That would be, you know, counter to what we're trying to achieve here. You know, and the beautiful thing for those of us who really want to be allies is it helps us take steps to educating ourselves. Because as a white person, I don't have, you know, color in my ethnicity. You don't ask someone of color, you know, teach me about these things because then you are being that racist, you know? So it gives you the opportunity to step into learning about the steps you can take on your own and educating yourself and take the time to read. There's so much good stuff out there, you know, about the black experience, because if we don't address, you know, racism and especially black lives, if we don't address this as a foundational part of eradicating racism across the board, we're never going to take the steps, you know, being black in America and all of the atrocities that have been occurring for all of these decades and decades it's unbelievable. And I don't think that people have taken the time to really understand, you know, what it would be like to walk in your shoes, you know, and we have to take that time and we have to put the energy into that. So again, you have uh, the opportunity, no matter the color of your skin. And if you are an ally or you're experiencing the racism yourself, you have the opportunity to download it on your own and do your own work, you know, um, to help yourself. Gosh, I'm, I am really excited. We here at Nurse.org are excited. When we first learned of this, wanted to chat with you to learn more about what was coming down the pipeline, because this is a tool, like I said, we needed yesterday or decades ago. So thank you to all of you who volunteered your time to work with the American Nurse Association here in California to put something like that together. For one, thank you for giving back to our professional nursing organizations. And guys, if you're listening and you're not a member of the American Nurses Association, this is our professional nursing organization. We need to be a part of it. I know there are specialties for critical care, peri-op and all that stuff. And that's great. Be a member of that as well. But, you know, I think foundationally we are all nurses and that's a common thread that we have. So please, if you, you're not a member, become a member of that. But then also I'm going to shout out, hey, here in California, we're doing big things. We <laughs> So, and thank you to you ladies. I know you guys have very busy lives. You found time to give back to the profession and work on something that's so very important. Again, ANA California, this is the Racism in Nursing Task Force. I want to thank these ladies so much for their time. We appreciate it. Tasha Haley, Dr. Moore, and Kim Brown Sims, thank you so much for your time, your expertise, and articulating this in a way that really helped us to better understand what the task force is working on and this tool that we are looking so forward to. I even asked it twice, guys. I asked twice when it was coming out, Nurses Week. We look forward to seeing the tool. I would like to say in order for us to understand how nursing can become more anti-racist, we need to first be on the same page about how racism truly impacts our community at large in terms of delivering healthcare as well as representation in healthcare. So we just need to be on first, we have to be on that page to be ready to address it and talk about it. You know, nursing is a most trusted profession in our country. And we need to take that seriously and use that power, that trust that the public puts into us to ensure that we are decreasing and 
eradicating healthcare disparities and the systematic racial inequities that are in our healthcare. Nursing mm-hmm. can do that. We are the ones that can fix that. We are the ones that can be a united front to make a difference. I say, you know, lead by example, right? Be the change you want to see in the world. It seems like a flippant, like, you know, tongue in cheek comment or quote, but the reality is we each have the power every single day to lead by example. So take the steps to educate yourself, engage in the dialogue and be the provider of resources so that people can truly make change in the world. And, you know, power to nursing, to Tasha's point, Gallup poll, 19 years running, Nurses are the most trusted. So let's, again, lead by example, lead our communities. And why not lead the nation and the world? This has been an amazing conversation. We've learned so much about, you know, this upcoming toolkit. It's going to be a beneficial resource to many. And look, it is a tool that is sponsored by the American Nurse Association California. It's something that's not necessarily you're going to be required to do at work. But don't you want to know? Don't we want to all put our best foot forward at ending racism? And it starts with us. It starts with you. The person in the mirror it starts with nursing. We are the largest segment of the healthcare workforce. And if we want things to change, we got to start. As you heard one of our guests say, be the change that you want to see. So I'm going to do the self-assessment, apply the things that are in the toolkit so I can do my part to help you know, end racism. And I'm more than happy to be someone's accountability partner. Stay tuned for that tool kit at Nurses Week. And I want to thank you so much for listening to Ask Nurse Alice podcast here on nurse.org. Uh, Stay tuned for more uh, great interviews like this. Make sure to like, subscribe, rate, and follow the show. So you guys make good choices, live well. Take care, my friends. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources.